Welcome to the Como Politicast. I'm Jeff Pogela. Sexual assault allegations against Joe Biden have metastasized in the last few days. The former vice president now forced to respond. But are the allegations true? And if so, what does it mean for the race for the White House? We'll get perspectives from both sides of the aisle. But first, Como's Elisa Jaffe got the latest from ABC's political director, Rick Klein. Rick, this involves a Senate aide from 1993. What is she claiming? And are you surprised with the way Biden's campaign has been handling the resurfacing of this accusation? Yeah, she's claiming that she was sexually assaulted by Joe Biden. And one of the things that's peculiar about this is that she came forward about a year ago and said that she had been inappropriately touched, but didn't talk about this in terms of assault. She has now leveled much more serious accusations. Um, A few people have come forward with varying accounts of this. So it is a complicated situation. Uh, The Biden campaign um, has put out a very strong statement saying that he can do it, but also saying that women deserve to be heard and encourage the media to track down information on this. That's been happening. Uh, Yet the vice president himself has been silent. He hasn't been asked about it. Um, We're told he's going to break his silence tomorrow in a cable interview. Uh, But it's only built anticipation around this moment and made it into a big one for this campaign. By him not talking about it and by them sending the media out and saying, go find out what you want to find out, have they made it bigger than it would have been? Oh, I think it, I think it is enhanced interest in it. It's also, I think, a function of the Me Too movement and the, the so many Democrats that were involved in it. I mean, so many of the, the women that are on Vice President Biden's shortlist as a running mate are people that were senators during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, people that uh, sounded off about Al Franken having to leave after accusations emerged about him. So those kind of standards that they set by themselves, I think, are coming back now to haunt Democrats a bit. And People are being said, well, do you believe the woman in this case? And I think, you know, the details are going to be hard to track down. It is, as I said, a complicated tale. But it is, you know, I think one would say it's not a relevant line of inquiry for Vice President Biden to face, despite the fact that President Trump himself has faced so many allegations of sexual misconduct on his own. Will Biden's campaign then be forced to pull out all the accusations against President Trump again, or are they going to take a different route? Well, their view now is that this isn't how people are living their lives, and that the COVID-19 crisis has refocused the country in a way that... Um, maybe benefiting Joe Biden. We'll see how that breaks down. Their view is that this is not how voters are likely to spend the next six months of their lives. Maybe they're right, but I know there's a lot of Democrats that have memories of the swift vote attacks on John Kerry, someone that served with valor in Vietnam, running against someone who was in the Air National Guard or uh, locally and, and never even served overseas and, and still had his military record question. So it isn't necessarily fair in politics. This president certainly doesn't play fair. We know that from prior experience. Uh, but I think all of it is just kind of enhancing interest in this moment. Biden has committed to selecting a female running mate. Today he announced the team that's going to help with that decision. What do we know about that team? Well, it's interesting that the man at the top of it is Senator Chris Dodd, uh, who was a longtime friend of Joe Biden, served very closely with him for a number of years, but kind of a consummate Washington insider. There were a couple of women that are on it as well, including a longtime counsel. But a lot of people were looking to this announcement as a signal from Joe Biden, uh, not just about this moment, given the sexual assault allegation, but also um, this moment of, of healing the party, How uh, what, what he would do about in choosing a running mate, how, what kind of signals he would send, I think, will be closely watched. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, look, this, no one remembers the task force unless it um, is a big deal, like Dick Cheney choosing himself back in 2000. Other than that, it really is going to depend a lot more on, on who he ultimately decides on. That's ABC News political director Rick Klein speaking with our own Elisa Jaffe. Now for a Democratic perspective. We turn now to Ron Dotsauer, a Democratic strategist and founder of Strategies 360. The first mistake he made is he let this thing stick around too long without responding. And he finally just came out and did a flat denial. But I think he lost some pretty valuable time during this questioning period, if you will. But if he did a flat denial today, why didn't he do it last week or the week before, right? So strategically, I would question that a little bit. Beyond that, is there a long-term? It, it just depends upon is, is there something there there. 
right? Is this going to be a drip drip thing where there's more third party validation that comes out that says, yes, this happened or no, it didn't. If that happens, yeah, it will do some damage. Um, if it didn't, if it doesn't happen and it, and it is an allegation, it's just an allegation that doesn't have any, there's no there there then this will be soon forgotten. If we look back at the two most recent memorable cases you saw in 2016, the uh, accusations against President Trump, and then the accusations against Brett Kavanaugh when he was a nominee to the U.S. Supreme Court, what can we learn from those two situations? Well, both of them were successful (laughs) in the sense that one got on the Supreme Court and the other one is the President of the United States. And there, as you know, there were multiple allegations involving uh, Mr. Trump. Unless it can be absolutely, completely proven, proof positive that this occurred, if there's any doubt, it seems to be that the voters are going to give uh, the benefit of the doubt to the person that's been accused. Say the direct evidence comes forward, what would happen? What would be the precedent here? Again, hypothetical. Would the Democrats take a look at the nomination and say, look, um, you are injured and we may not be able to proceed with you? Or would they just uh, take a pass? And I don't know that anybody knows that answer today. But it certainly would raise a lot of questions. I do, to a certain extent, believe that there is a political fatigue factor on allegations. That's not to say, and I do not want to diminish the fact that maybe uh, these allegations that have occurred have occurred. But from a political, pure political standpoint with the voters, I do believe there is some general fatigue unless there is absolutely more than just allegations and circumstantial evidence that this has occurred. Whether it be issues of corruption or lying to voters, taking people's money and then voting in their interests, you know, the things we've heard time and time again in our, our system, you say that the fatigue, so where we, we get to the point where everyone's guilty and, and no one's to blame. Do you think we're headed in that direction? <laughs> well, you know, that seems to be the direction we've been heading in for the last three or four years. I'm hoping that we can write that ship at some point in terms of the that character does matter. Integrity in the process, honesty, telling the truth, even when it's painful, getting out ahead of issues and being transparent about what's going on. I mean, I really think the American public would like to see that. They have not for some time. And, and again, I think they're waiting for that to happen. But would cases like this cause any partisan split? Because people are so loyal to that letter after the name, it doesn't matter who the person is and oftentimes what they've done. But here's the difference. In a presidential cycle, loyalty being what it is in terms of Republicans and Democrats, at the end of the day, somewhere in the neighborhood of 5 to 6% of the voters in the United States generally will determine the outcome of a presidential election. Those are independent swing voters in the Midwest state that are influenced by this behavior and are the ones that you're trying to appeal to across the boards in Michigan, Ohio, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, but to name a few, right? How they perceive you and your character issues and whether they have confidence in your ability to manage a coronavirus will determine, because Corona-19 is going to be and this ramification is the dominant issue in this presidential election cycle. So you think that accusations like this are going to get drowned out by the, the rest of the news? Yeah, the, right now, the, almost all the research I'm seeing is that by better than four and five to one numbers, Corona's 19 and, the, and this ramification, this management has taken over the number one issue in voters' minds. 
It used to be health care and used to be some other issues, but right now it's all about Corona-19. And I would submit that's not going to go away anytime soon. We're still going to have the ramifications of the economic recovery or lack thereof, which will dominate the conversations going forward. When you have states with you know, 15, 20, and 30% unemployment, Hawaii has a 35% unemployment rate right now. And there's some other states that I think that you know, are going to have some extraordinarily high unemployment. And then you're going to have issues like consumer confidence, consumer spending, which as of a month ago was the lowest it's been since 1959. Those are the issues that are going to determine the outcome of this presidential race. So finally, you're a Democratic strategist. If you were advising the Biden campaign, what would you tell them to do? Well, I would have told them to answer these allegations earlier. Um, and uh, I hope, and, and they apparently have said, look, if there's some record that shows anything different, let's, ha- let's see it. So, you know, I think they, they did the right thing coming out and, and denying the allegations. And now they've got to see what happens next. Is there another shoe to fall or is it not, right? And I'm sure that they're hoping upon hope that that this is it. That's Democratic strategist Ron Donsauer. Joining us now for a Republican perspective is GOP strategist Randy Peppel. The accusation of sexual assault always hurts an elected official or a candidate for office. It often costs them their job. We've seen that in our own state. And that's without regard for whether the charge itself is true. It hurts because it's taking time away from Joe Biden's ability to try to unite the party. Instead, he's having to spend time talking about decades-old allegations. This sort of seems to become the new normal. Someone runs for high office, and then these accusations come out. We've always seen this uh, throughout American politics, but it it seems to be at a much higher level these days. Am am I accurate there? I think you're correct that you're seeing more of these types of uh, allegations being made. Part of the reason is because of the push by Democrats during the Kavanaugh hearings to draw a line in the sand and say, every woman must be believed. And that has set Democrats up for if a woman is to be believed when she's accusing a Republican uh, like Justice Kavanaugh, then why should she not be believed if she is accusing a Democrat like Joe Biden? And so it's their own words are coming back to haunt them. The media follows a different set of rules with allegations of sexual assault than the media did uh, a few years ago. In the past, there needed to be some substantiation of an assault taking place, whether it was verification by a witness, verification by a third party. And it wasn't enough for someone to make a claim for that to become new. And yet now the rule is there are no rules. And the media will often run with a story uh, without regard for getting both sides of the story, getting corroboration for the story. There have been those in the Me Too movement who let them off the hook for that uh, need to get corroboration by saying women must be believed at all times. Therefore, why do you need corroboration? It has been said it must be true. And that is coming back in a very harmful way on Joe Biden right You mentioned the Kavanaugh hearings. Then if I were to go back a little bit even further, you talk about the Access Hollywood tape, the accusations against President Trump. And if you're even going to talk Al Franken in the Senate with how uh, the Democrats, particularly Kirsten Gillibrand of New York, handled it, have Democrats sort of boxed themselves in here? I think they have, and I think think you've seen certain Democrats 
start to admit that they have gone too far in the name of partisanship, and they're starting to walk this back. Now, that is not to say that they should walk this back to a stance of not believing any woman who is willing to come forward with very difficult stories to tell in public. They can't go so far back that that they discount that entirely. But what Democrats have found is that drawing a line in the sand that doesn't allow for due process, drawing a line in the sand that doesn't allow for fact-gathering, or drawing a line in the sand on sexual assault that doesn't take into account what the elected official or the candidate has to say is a situation that will come back to haunt them uh, as often as it will be a weapon to use against the other party. I think that's what you're seeing play out now uh, with Vice President Biden. And the reality is, is that he has been given a pass by the media up until the last couple days on an allegation that had it been made against a Republican, would have been public, it, it carried in prominent newspapers the next day. And instead, we're talking about the next month. It's that type of double standard that I think has Republicans justifiably angry uh, at how the media has handled this. Um, And that is without regard for whether this is a true allegation against uh, Joe Biden or not. It's just the way it's been handled up until now. It smacks of partisanship. But that's kind of a double-edged sword, too, because you saw, particularly with the Kavanaugh hearings, partisanship was on full display on both sides. Mitch McConnell in the Senate just full steam ahead. Let's push this nomination through. I think that when you draw lines in the sand, as were drawn during the Kavanaugh hearing, where one side is saying women must be believed at all times, and the other side saying I think you have to have due process. You have to allow the accused uh, the opportunity to defend themselves. That when you have that type of uh, dichotomy at play, uh, you're going to be hurting both sides. This is far too important a topic to draw an absolute on one side or the other. Each allegation deserves to be heard. But that doesn't mean that each allegation has the same merit, and it doesn't mean that each allegation deserves to become a big public story. I mean, to a certain extent, I think it's incumbent again upon journalists to do their job on an allegation of sexual assault with a public figure involved, is to go back to the rules that they used to follow, which is investigate the charges and try to determine whether there is any corroborating evidence, and ask accused what is their story and then decide whether to run with something not start tweeting it out as soon as they hear an allegation and we saw this happen in 2018 it cost a republican elected official a legislator in the state his job when he was accused of something that was inaccurate not truthful and the media pretended that it was and that's very unfortunate does joe biden survive this i think we will see whether Joe Biden can survive this over the next month as he answers additional questions. And if there is any evidence that points out that he is not being truthful, then I think that would end his campaign. What happens then? 
it will be up to the Democrats to decide who would be their standard bearer if they lost their their nominee at this point in time. Uh, I think that you would see Senator Bernie Sanders make a very strong claim that as the only candidate uh, left standing who attracted significant support and delegates, that he would deserve the nomination. I think that you would see most of Joe Biden's supporters and many other Democrats argue that now is not the time to select a nominee that cannot win, like Bernie Sanders, but instead look to uh, somebody whose profile has been raised recently, like Governor Cuomo of New York, or someone who is outside the fray and would bring a, uh, a, a new perspective to the race that might be a in the Democrats' advantage. And that will do it for this episode of the Como Politicast. My thanks to Ron Dotsauer of Strategies 360, Randy Peppel, as well as ABC's Rick Klein and Como's Elisa Jaffe. I'm Jeff Pogelup. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, keep washing your hands, and have a good week.